It is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends at Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but when you break them or when you lose them, they will replace them. Back from vacation is the irreplaceable Trevor Plouffe, along with producer Rob and intern Sam. First of all, before I start with the fishing, did you lose your beard in the ocean? What happened? I trimmed it down, man. You know, sometimes you go away and you feel that sun on your face. I just wanted to show off this tan that I got, see Rosie, but I'm back from vacation. Yesterday wasn't even in Cabo, dude. I was outside of uh, San Diego yesterday. Just I figured, look, I pronounced them the Mariners dead, right? Mm-hmm. And then they come back to life. So the only thing I could do was to become a Mariner. So that's what I did. How'd you do? Wow. <laughs> Check that pick out, babe. We caught 12 bluefin tuna yesterday, which is like you don't get those days very often. Did you bring any home? Oh, yeah. I mean, by the way, those are your brothers. Uh, The one on on the right, far right of the picture is my brother. I didn't know that Dallas Keuchel was your brother. Dude, my my brother would eat Dallas Keuchel. It's a big boy. Yeah, Jesus, that beard is frothy, man. Good for you guys. So I'll, I'll try the tuna. You're going to get some, dude. I'm probably myself. I'm going to probably have over 100 pounds of tuna. So I'm a huge tuna. I love tuna. So then you're going to get some. I promise that. Send it over. I'll put it right in the freezer. We're going to go to work. I love it. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I know that you probably didn't see a ton of stuff, but I know you always do your homework. And we got to start off with yet another fascinating but odd story on the south side of Chicago. The White Sox, they lose their opener of a big set in Cleveland. This is just hours after the players had to defend a Bob Nightingale column that questioned the lack of leadership in the clubhouse uh, and that the players have been complaining about their manager, Tony La Russa, and also a lot of the management. Then they go out and they lay a stinker. They're down five, nothing after the first inning, they end up losing by four runs in Cleveland. They're under 500, but they're in the worst division in baseball, arguably, and they still have a chance at the wild card. However, big picture, is this season salvageable? (laughs) you know this is crazy all this stuff coming out that bob's talking about you kind of see it from afar you know when you watch the games or you you know maybe you read between the lines and some post-game interviews stuff like that like it's just been a weird time uh, on the south side there because there are so many talented players that just kind of haven't been living up to their you know their abilities i mean if you're looking right now i mean johnny cueto coming in you know whenever he did like he's been one of their best pitchers you Mm -hmm. never would have thought that at the beginning of the season um I don't know if it's because I picked them, Chris, uh, to be in the World Series. I don't know if some stubborn to give up on talent. I don't know if it's because of the division they're playing in and because I don't necessarily believe in the Twins that much. But I do think they can still come back. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the division, if it's going to be the wild card. Like, there's still opportunity for them to come back. But they got to write this shit very quickly because we're approaching the All-Star break, you know, which means they're still, they're still what, like 70 games left, something like that. 75, 80 games, something like that. So there is time, but they have to change some things. I mean, they got to start playing aggressive, hard baseball. They have to continue to get healthy. Things have to go the right way for them. We just saw it with the Mariners. I mean, things could happen in a freaking snap. How high we were on the Angels and how low we are now. How low we were on the Mariners, how high we are now. It's like things can happen in baseball, but, you know, if there's trouble in, you know, in the locker room, in the clubhouse, they got to figure that out, and then they got to go do it on the field too. Well, that's the thing, like, if you look at teams' deficiencies, 
you're trying to figure out, well, what piece could we add that would make a difference? How many pieces would you need to add to the White Sox right now? You look at that and you're like, well, their bullpen, they've got veterans back there, guys that have done it at every level. I, I understand they're missing some guys, right? Garrett Crochet, I thought was a huge miss for them this year. Um, but they've got a lot of talent in that rotation. Once again, veteran laden all over the place. Dylan Cease is having an amazing year, should have made the all-star team. The areas where you look at them and it's like, Yasmani Grandal's been horrible and isn't healthy. And then at second base, that that's the only those are the only areas where you would seemingly add a little bit. Okay. And I don't think you need to add a ton at those sort of places. What you need to add is team that gives a shit. Like I wa- I've watched them play a lot of baseball. There's not a lot of energy with this team. And I know it's easy to pinpoint that and say when there are a few games under 500, but listen to Ozzie Ginn, right? Former White Sox skipper. He, he does the White Sox studio. Okay. So he is there to help prop up the team to help, you know, gloss over all of their mistakes and say, it's going to be okay. This was Ozzie after the game last night. I can't wait to hear this. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, Tony, come on. Just wake up, man. Believe me. I'm sorry. You're my hero. I love you. But uh, if I'm manager, I want my players to do that thing, I will let them know exactly what they need to hear from everyone. Right after they show the the panel, the camera doing the game, I don't know if they want to be there. That's some pretty, pretty serious shit that he's saying. He's calling out Tony La Russa, who he said is his idol. Like, dude, get this house in order. He says when he looks in the dugout, he sees no energy. That's as damning a statement as you can have. And this guy's supposed to wear White Sox colored glasses. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, it truly is the case of, you know, the leadership not being there, you know, the energy just like not being given by someone. I mean, that, that can come from a couple of different places. What I believe is that should come from the clubhouse. So if there's somebody there that needs to step up and call a players only meeting or just get in somebody's face and blow up, you know, whether it's planned or not, like that needs to happen. Like there needs to be some, like a jolt of energy shot in there. Now, could Tony LaRusso do that? I don't know if he can. I don't think he has the ability at this stage to go into that clubhouse and command it. It sure as hell doesn't seem like it, right? Well, hold on. Tony LaRusso is a Hall of Fame manager. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because most of the guys playing don't know that. They don't know. They don't. They don't. They never saw that part of him. They see him as he is now, and I don't think he can get in front of that room and really command it. I really don't. So that means like problem. We've talked about this countless times. We know that Jerry Reinsdorf isn't going to do this a second time. He's not going to. He says it time and time again. Getting rid of Tony Larusa in the '80s was the biggest goof I've ever made. That was. 40 years ago. I know, but dude. dude, you can't tell a billionaire what to do. He's not going to do it. I'll tell, I'll tell him what to do. Why not? Why can't we tell a billionaire what to do? All right. So before we move on, are you saying that the only way they reverse this trend and not only get to the playoffs, but beat either the Yankees or the Astros, who we believe are the two favorites in the American League, is to change managers? No, I'm not saying that. It, it could come from the clubhouse, too. Like, I don't know who, who it has to be. Like, if it's Abreu, if it's Lynn, if it's Giolito, like Giolito, if Giolito got in, in front of the clubhouse and started 
calling dudes out and saying, this is what we need to do. It would carry a lot of weight. Like somebody has to get up there in front of everyone and rally the boys. And it can't just be a one day thing. It can't be a two day thing. Like this is an energy that they have to, what, what the hell is their record? 41 and 44. Okay. The That's Orioles are better games. than them. The Orioles are better than them. And the, the payrolls aren't close. Okay. So they still got 57 games. That's Maybe bad math. I have no idea. That's yeah, not even close. No, they've got way oh more God. than 57 games. 77 <laughs> games. 77 games. Okay. I'm still foggy from yesterday. They, it's still a lot of baseball to be played, but it has to come. I mean, yeah, it could. Like, if Tony can command the room, do it, Tony. I don't think he can. I think it has All to right. come from Lance Lynn, Abreu, uh, Gilito, you know, Tim Anderson. So I don't know. Somebody has to do it and it has to be. Day in and day out, it can't just be like a one-day thing. That doesn't work like that. All right, let's move on from the White Sox to the Red Sox, who will get Chris Sale to make his season debut tonight down in Tampa Bay. Uh, confidence level that Sale returns to his old form as a top-of-the-rotation guy in the second half of the season. I'm not super confident he's going to return to, like, old form, old Chris Sale. I mean, if you remember how good Chris Sale has been, I think it's going to be daunting for him to do that. But I don't think necessarily the Red Sox need him to return to that. You know, he's coming off TJ. And then what was what was this thing in the in spring training? He had a Broken rib, rib issue. And then he yeah. had something. He had a rib issue. And then he had some other undisclosed health issue that we don't know about that delayed his return. They they just need him to come and be a presence on the mound. You know, like, obviously, he's going to have his stuff. Like, Chris Dale is a pitcher that I believe can reinvent himself many times over just because of the funk that he has. You know, he could do a lot of different things with his pitches as far as adding and subtracting. He doesn't necessarily need you know, elite velo to do what he does. It helps. It really helped him early on, but I think he can pitch his way and be very productive this year. They've sent, I think five of their last eight games, rookies starters. Like they just need somebody that's been out there and can like get a little bit deeper into the games to save the bullpen. I think Chris Sale's going on 85, like an mm -hmm. 85 pitch limit tonight. So like, go give him 85 pitches, you know, ramp yourself back up a little more. He doesn't need to be top of the rotation. He just needs to be a guy that can rely on to get in there and give him five or six innings. And I think he can do that 100%. I think he needs to be the top of the rotation guy. And that's why I'm skeptical. Um, since the end of the 2019 season, he has thrown less than 45 innings total. Last year, he came back. I think he appeared in nine games. He threw at least six one time. He needs to be that guy to get them deeper into games. He just needs to. I mean, like... I looked at that team and they remember they were playing great uh, in June and then early July. And then the last week, it hasn't been great. Um, it's kind of been up and down, inconsistent. Like I look at that team and I say, well, how do they get on the sort of run that they had last year? Remember, they were up two games to one on the Astros in the ALCS. So they were two wins away from appearing in the World Series. Do they have it in them? I don't think they do as presently constructed. And I said on this show last week that Boston is one of those teams that I wouldn't want to play come October. But the caveat was if Chris Sale returns to being Chris Sale. And I'm just not so sure about that. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of look at the numbers last year, I know he's coming back from a different injury this year. If, if they got what they got out of those nine stars last year, they'd be very happy. And I agree with you, like they would – help them exponentially if Chris Sale came back and was top of the rotation guy. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think they, they just need some length out of him. Yeah. We'll see if he can give it to him. It was funny. I okay. saw his interview. Did you see his interview in-game interview with the Fox crew and his former teammate, AJ Brzezinski? Yeah, he handled it well. Yeah, it was so. fine. I, I mean, I thought 
Right. I thought he was fine with it. I thought, you know, he was like, I'm trying to get a Samsung deal out of this and with the TV. I, he played along. It was cute. I like it. it. Was hey, is, is Whitlock coming back as a reliever or is he going to be a starter? I thought the, the great notes question. were he was going to be a reliever. That's what I thought, too. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, well, Avaldi's coming back soon, isn't he, too? I thought, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, he's supposed to. Baseball Today presented to you by these guys over at Shady Rays, which is changing the way that you wear your shades. Best combo of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Here's one thing I love about them. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means that if you sit on them or if you lose them, even on day one that you purchase them, they will send you a brand new pair. And of course, with that crazy protection program, we can tell you these shades have some of the best quality we've ever had resting on the bridge of your nose. On top of that, the purchase will warm your heart. And what do I mean by that? Shady Rays provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. To date, they have donated more than 20 million meals. That is an amazing job by this company, and you can help do some good in the world as well. So what I want you to do, go to ShadyRays.com, use the code word TODAY for 50% off two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades. You are going to flat-out love them. I haven't met one person who is like, man, these Shady Rays, they suck. But if that person exists, you can return them for free within 30 days. So there is no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. The team always has your back. So go out, look great, warm your heart, and... When you break them or you lose them, like I do about five times a year, guess what? They're not going to leave you out in the cold. You'll be looking as good as new in no time. All right. The reason I'm wearing a Mets hat is because the Metsies took the first of three in a huge series, which means that they will at least leave Atlanta with the division lead. Max Scherzer was dominant again. One run, three hits allowed in seven innings, nine more strikeouts. He does his thing. His two appearances since he came back off the injured list have been nothing short of sensational. How surprised are you, even though it's Mad Max, that he has been this great? I'm not surprised, dude. I don't know. Like, he's just one of those guys that's going to be good for a long time. He works very hard. I'm looking at his baseball savant page right now. And, like, what gets guys in trouble is, like, a dip in velo, an extreme dip in velo. He's still got – he doesn't have dominant early on Max Scherzer stuff or I'm looking right now, like at one point he's averaging, you know, 95, a little over 95 on his four seamer. He's still right around 94 mile, miles an hour on his four seamer, which means to me, you can play off, play off that pitch and throw all of his other pitches that he can command for strikes. And that's why he's so good. I mean, they're nasty. He knows how to pitch. He still has enough velo for you to respect everything. So you can't just be sitting on one speed, one cadence. Uh, until until that velo goes and he has to kind of reinvent himself, like I was just kind of talking about with Chris Sale, he's going to be able to do what he does. Like he's just a very knowledgeable pitcher who happens to have extremely nasty stuff, and he has the pitchability in the field too. So like, until I see you know another mile mile and a half drop off that fastball, I think he's got everything he needs to be to be a dominant starter, like he always has been. Do you remember when he first came up? Or yes, yes. Okay. What was the knock on Max Scherzer? Uh, like all over the place, maybe. All over the place. He could yeah. not find home plate. It kept moving on him. Do you know how many walks he's issued since he came back in two starts? Not many. 
Zero. Zero. <laughs> 20 strikeouts and no walks. Like, I thought for sure when he was down for whatever it was, six weeks, hadn't made a start since May 18th, and then he goes to early July, that something would have happened. Like, he would have lost a feel or something. 20 freaking strikeouts and no walks at age 37. Like, how many? It's the beauty of sports, man. You've got Tom Brady still lighting it up at age 44. LeBron James doing what he's doing at, I think, soon to be age 38 in December. And a guy like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander doing what they're doing at 37 and 39, respectively. Pretty awesome. It's it's not normal, and it's a testament to how hard these guys work. We don't really think about that with pitchers. You know, I joke around with pitchers all the time about you got every five days you got to go to work. But, like, a guy like Max is doing a lot of things behind oh. the scenes to keep himself healthy. And he, to be honest with you, is fascinating because – you know, this offseason, he was at the forefront of the players' negotiations, doing all that, you know, while getting ready to perform in a season. He's one of the he's one of those guys that, you know, put everything you can on his plate. Doesn't matter. Like he's gonna come out and just perform. That's what he does, dude. This guy is I know we give him a lot of praise, see Rosie. Mm-hmm. I don't think we give him enough praise. Like we don't talk about Scherzer in the way we talk about Verlander or Kershaw. We just don't for whatever reason, but well, he, he keeps adding to his resume at a, at a different speed than Verlander and Kershaw. He's almost are. at 70 career war, 68.8 career war right now. That's pretty That's remarkable. Hard. I mean, he's a hall but of famer before like, we no move doubt. on topics. I want to give one more tip of the cap to another Mets pitcher, Edwin Diaz. Oh, he's yeah. working his third straight day. And what did he do? Struck out the side. And it wasn't like the bottom of the order that he took care of. It was the big boys that he struck out real quickly. 73 Ks in 36 and a third innings this year. That means he is striking out two guys every inning that he works. He also has more strikeouts than Madison Bumgarner, Taiwan Walker, Michael Kopech. Wow. Those guys are starting pitchers. He is a reliever. 18.1 strikeouts per nine. I just went to his pace. I didn't believe you right there. I was like, what are you talking about? Hey, dude, you have to have a special, special season going if you are a reliever that's going to win the Cy Young Award. I think if he continues at this rate, you have to seriously consider him for the Cy Young. There's a lot of good relievers out there right now, too. I mean, I'm not, not doing not this. To take away from Diaz. I mean, Helsley and, and, St. They're Lewis's. not doing this. They are not, not striking out two this. per inning. No, but damn. They're not doing that. 231 ERA plus. That's pretty good. That a boy, Diaz. Uh, names trickling out for the home run derby. Uh, Pete Alonso, even though he was not named to start, voted in as a starter, said, okay, well, I'll try for my third straight home run derby. Uh, Juan Soto's doing it. Ronald Acuna is doing it. And Albert Pujols in his final season reportedly is doing this. Is that the biggest news to come out of a home run derby fest for you? Uh, it's news. It's going to be fun to see that. I, I like, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be really funny to see. I mean, look, all respect to our pools. Obviously we know this guy. Oh no, here comes a butt. generational, but these young guys can swing the bat. I think we're going to see a little bit, di- a little bit of a difference in bat speed when they get those slow-mos and all the stat man going, stat tracking going. Uh, I'm curious to see how it does. I mean, at that, the way they do it now, like you can get tired. 
you can get tired doing that. We see each guy take a timeout in what they do. <clears throat> I think the bigger news is for, for me is Pete. I want to see Pete try to three Pete. Ah, I mean, that's really cool. Like this, this could be a guy who just racks up a million dollars every year, taking BP in front of a big crowd. I mean, he, this, he's kind of made for this kind of, <laughs> I mean, this is what I want to see. Like, I think, I want him it's kind to of like, like saying this. that Roman Reigns is made for the WWE. Yes. I mean, ex- that's exactly it. I want to see someone come and try to dethrone Pete and it's going to mm-hmm. take a lot. It's going to take a lot. That's what I'm, I'm very interested in that. All right. So a few things with the home run derby genius move several years ago when they put a clock on it, you know, it gave yeah. it some immediacy. The timeout is always fun. You know, people are yelling timeout, timeout. We never have a timeout in baseball. Uh, Dave Jouse is going to come back and pitch to Pete Alonso, which is really cool, even though he's no longer on the Mets staff. I like that. As far as Pujols goes, no problem with it. I think it's fine. It, you know what? It's going to be a fun day. You have to have somebody to root for. I've, I've uh, seen some home run derbies and covered some derbies where there isn't a local guy to root for. Pujols, because of his half season with the Dodgers and his time in Southern California and being such an icon in the sport, Everybody can get excited about him, even if a Dodger doesn't compete. I would still like to see a Dodger compete. I think yeah, it's important. Too. Huh? Yeah. Max Muncie? I don't know. I think Muncie, because of the whole injury thing, probably isn't going to do it. If I would make sure that Bellinger gets in there. What, what, the, what are you going to ruin his swing? <laughs> it might fix it. Right. Right. So I think if they're going to put anyone from the Dodgers, maybe you do like a Justin Turner would be, people would go nuts to watch him in a home run. Ooh, I'll have to reach out to him and ask if he would do it. I mean, he's, he he reinvented himself hitting home runs with his Mm -hmm. a swing. Like he is one of the swing revolution Kings. I would love to see Turner in there. I'll tell you one other one. And he, it kind of flew under the radar last week when he said, I would consider it is Giancarlo Stanton, who is an LA kid. He has to do it. I, I mean, agree. He he does. I mean, he is LA's guy. And I think he hit one out of the stadium one time when he, he was did. with the Marlins. With the Marlins, yeah. So, yeah, but no, I would love to see that. So there you go. Speaking of homers, congratulations to Josh Smith of the Texas Rangers. Hit his first one in the show last night as Ramon Laureano dove and came up empty. So the ball trickles all the way to the wall in center field. And Josh Smith didn't even have time to enjoy his first show Homer. Do you feel for him? Uh, no, because that's nice. Still in the box score says one with the Homer there. So you get to enjoy that. Look, now the pressure is kind of off. So yeah, you didn't get to, you know, watch his first one. It wasn't a big towering shot, but once you see that ball go past the outfielder and you know, it's not an air, like when he dives for this ball, you know it's a hit. So now, how fast can I go? How far can I go? That's a that's a really good feeling in its own. I never had an inside the park home run, but when the ball gets by the outfielder, you think I thought I might get a homer. I just wasn't fast enough. He actually got around the bases though. I think it would suck. Like right about there, he's like, okay, I'm going home. I, I really do. I've you know I've asked almost every guest on the show about their first homer and what happens when you're circling the pillows and they're like, oh, I black out or I tried to look up and see my family and it was just such an amazing moment as you're just enjoy just the idea of you guys practice your home run trots when you're kids you think about what it would be like to hit one over the fence and this guy had to fucking get on his horse and make it home that's tough go brother 
That is true. I, I do remember my first trip around the bases floating Who'd you in hit Cleveland. It off of? Fausto Carmona, formerly oh, right. formerly Fausto Carmona. Mm-hmm. Turned to Roberto Perez, I believe. Yes. Um, or was it Millar, Roberto Hernandez? Roberto Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, Millar's first one. It's amazing. His first homer was an inside the Parker at Wrigley Field. It came off of Rick Aguilera, former reliever. Yep. Millar's dad was bowling with Rick Aguilera's dad at the time. (laughs) Were they watching the game together? No. I mean, this is 1998. So they, yeah. No TVs? No, but I mean, I think they were both in Los Angeles. And you're not going to get a Marlins Cubs game up. I didn't think that's pretty funny. Pretty sure. But how crazy is that? That is really crazy. Did they grow up together? How did the dads know each other? I don't know. Chuck, Chuck Millar knows everybody around mm-hmm. town. Chucky, Chucky M. A little interesting. All right. Love what do you that. have coming up on John boy? Uh, we got uh, the midweek episode of talking baseball. We're filming that today and that'll come out tomorrow. Uh, and then it's just back on the grind, dude. I know I've been on vacay. I've, I, I apologize to our listeners that I've been don't missing some days, apologize. but Hey, Mm-mm. I'm back. I don't think I'll miss an episode the rest of the year, Chris. Wow. That's good. Cause I'll be missing a few in August busy schedule, but I got don't you. ever apologize for doing family stuff ever. It's right. it, it. Don't ever do that. Like you're doing something for yourself. You're going to go golf with like go fishing. <laughs> No, that's with your brothers. I know it is with my brothers. I love that. I love that you. He went loved and did it, that. by the way. He was complaining about what we were going to do in the morning of. He, th- he didn't think we were going to get this, these type of fish, and then, dude, we were wow. on them. Guys, we were on him. them, Chris. What about uh, you? What do you ep- got? Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with David Bednar is out. All Star Pirates closer. Uh, grew up in Pittsburgh. Talks about what, it, you know, how he's dealing with the idea that he might get traded by his hometown team. Real interesting discussion there. Uh, also, a quick run. Oh, we yesterday we had the Cleveland catching tandem of Austin Hedges and Luke Maley. They're like a freaking comedy act. Holy shit, were they funny? They were great. They were on like, together. They were on together. Like combined, they're hitting three hundred. We joke around about that, but um, and they did it from in front of the batting cage. There was part of me that wanted to say, "What are, what are you guys doing there?" Um. Aww. But we had a great time. They were hilarious. I mean, really funny. So that's coming out on Thursday. And a quick reminder, the entire John Boy Media crew is migrating west for next week's All-Star Game. There's still a few tickets left for that VIP uh, at the bar at uh, Boomtown Boomtown Brewery, Brewery. downtown Los Angeles. So go check it out. That'll be from 2.30 to 4.30, and then we'll have an open watch party. We hope for you to come out and say hi and hang out with us. So go uh, go check that out on our social media channels, okay? Okay. Yes. Uh, for our outstanding producer, Robbie Shiraco, our summer intern, the one and only Sam Singer, who's enjoying the posh life up in upstate New York these days. That is Trevor Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.